This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch! Larry Legend does it again! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealou, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Eight new faces, eight players retained. And that's what the Cardinals did over the past three weeks since the new league year began. And if you want to include AJ, excuse me, JJ Watt in there as well. Yes, it has been a busy start to the quote unquote new league year for the Arizona Cardinals. But now as we shift to April, gentlemen, yes, free agency is at the forefront of people's minds, but we are beginning to hear certainly a lot about the 2021 NFL draft. And general manager Steve Kahn recently said that that is their focus right now draft meetings are going on as we speak as the cardinals right now with six draft picks including number 16 overall so we'll kind of kind of do uh, a little bit uh, a dual analysis here free agency plus the draft as we welcome you to this week's cardinals red sea report craig real mike Jarecki, and bertram barry b train it has certainly been a busy time for the cardinals here as we talk about what they have added certainly a lot of needs have been met but there are still some work to be done Done in free agency, and if you want to include the draft as well. Well, question, and, and nobody is assuming that the roster is set right now. It is the first of April, so there is still plenty of time to get everything done that this team needs to get done to be ready for September. So I, I don't feel that anybody needs to panic or feel like the Cardinals are behind because they still have needs. Obviously, the draft and free agency are still going to play a vital role in, in what they do in order to shape this roster. So. I think they are right on schedule, and it'll just be interesting to see how the draft goes because that'll really determine what this direction is going to be as far as filling the roster with with key positions uh, as as far as as needs and and what they are trying to do to, to establish a new identity here with the Cardinals. Well, you look, MJ, at what the team has done so far. You've got a number two wide receiver. You've got a number one corner. You've got one of the better edge rushers and J.J. Watts and some depth along the offensive line in the secondary. But there has been a familiar theme with all of these eight new faces. Sean Williams will be 30 when the season begins. Brian Winters will be 30 when the season begins. Malcolm Butler, A.J. Green, Roddy Hudson, uh, Colt McCoy, Matt Prater, J.J. Watt, all in there. 30s yes it's an, a number but it tells me more than anything else it's experience and it's some veteran leadership that this team needed yeah and, and you know clearly you know jj watt he has to be released and uh, they honored him out of respect for him so you know you just hope these guys can stay healthy i mean for the most part you know i think uh, aj green feels like you know he's going to reset his career coming out here so you know, they went out and they got a new center, a new cornerback, a number two wide receiver, a kicker. And, you know, listen, we all like the draft, but we all know it takes time for these guys to, to you know, I think certain positions you you can plug and play 
And it looks like the Cardinals have taken the approach. They don't want to rely just on youth. They want to have experience. And they've upgraded at corner. You know, they've upgraded at the number, number two wide receiver. I think they upgraded at, at the kicker, at the center position. So in defensive line with J.J. Watt. The Cardinals also be trained, adding a lot of players that have been former captains. You look at A.J. Green, uh, Rodney Hudson, Matt Prater, J.J. Watt, Sean Williams. That means something when you had that C on your chest, does it not? It absolutely does. It means that you have respect in that locker room, and it also means that you've had success on the field. And, and most guys with the C on their chest have actually done things that have been noteworthy around the NFL, and that is respected around the league and and when you when you wear that c it's not just representing yourself it's it's representing the entire team and the entire organization so uh it it comes with a a a bit of a weight to it and the guys that that you just named are all guys that have have worn that c admirably and and they've done a good job of, of of representing their respective teams and hopefully they can bring that same type of leadership here to the Arizona Cardinals. And to me, when you add a lot of captains, it means that you want guys that are self-motivated. You don't want to have to rely on, on Coach Kingsbury to be the, the one that gets everybody going. He wants self-starters. And I think that that's a, a key uh, part of, of the type of personality that they want to build here as far as the team identity. Yeah, well said. That's what Steve Kime has mentioned. He says, you know, he believes in, in the players in the locker, the leaders, they police the locker room. And so that that's obviously – and there's two things I think they wanted to do, and it's been well said. They wanted to get more leadership and free agency and more physicality, and I think they've done that. Absolutely. Now on the subject of leadership, last week, Big Red Rage, the guest of honor, former Cardinals defensive lineman Frosty Rucker, talked about the, what the Cardinals have done in free agency with that eye towards leadership. When you get veteran leadership uh, that can come into a roster, and, and it's not really shaking things up. It's just a presence. You know, it's the way people go about their work, and, you know, it means something. And that's no knock at anyone that was there in the position before, but certain guys command that. Uh, they got that aura around them. Uh, you guys got guys that are at their position the very best. This Cardinals team has just been pieced up beautifully. I see a lot of times, B-Train, that teams like to have that quote-unquote veteran or that captain, if you will, at each position group. So when you get into those individual or position meetings, there is someone there that is quote-unquote the leader, someone that can run a meeting. And I think that's what you're seeing here at number of different position groups. There is that guy, if you will, that can stand up and say, this is how it's done. This is what needs to get done in order for us to be successful on Sundays. And the one thing when you say a captain, that that means that person has experience. And and that's the biggest thing. You don't have a young group and and nobody able to to bring out the best in that group. They already have somebody that they can look at. They don't have to go as high as the coach. They can have uh, conversations without the coaches there. And then there's still that that authoritative figure or authoritative-like figure, if you will, that can can be that voice of reason. And when you're on the field and and you have certain situations that arise, you have that that calming presence that can calm everybody down and and get everybody locked in on what they have to do for the next play. It's it's a play-by-play, moment-by-moment type of situation on the field. And and when you have guys that have have done it at a high level and, and have that respect, it, it goes a long way in, in making sure that one play 
doesn't snowball into four or five or a whole series. You, you have that one play and you're able to move on and get ready for the next one. And the Cardinals, you know, they clearly have lost one captain on defense, and that's Patrick Peterson. And we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens with Larry Fitzgerald. So you're going to have some new captains. And I do think you got to have some dogs in there too. Um, I think J.J. Watt's not going to be afraid to get in someone's face the way they're practicing. Now, again, it's a team game, and so you're all, you're, they're all pulling the same rope. But I just like what they've done. And the, to me, once you listen to Sean Coogler and Steve Kine, they really wanted to upgrade the center position. And the fact is they got one of the better centers in the last four or five years. Um, he hasn't missed a lot of games, and that's that's encouraging. So we'll see how this line takes the next step because uh, they want to run the football, and it seems like Coogler is going to have a little bit more say uh, what happens on game day? You brought up Kaim. Let's hear from the Cardinals general manager. When we last heard from him, that was March 22nd, so before the addition of Sean Williams, Malcolm Butler, and Colt McCoy, but specifically talking about what a J.J. Watt, a Rodney Hudson, and A.J. Green bring to that locker room. Two of our off-season goals, I think, that really stand out to me was was becoming more physical as a football team and, and adding leadership to our locker room. And I think that in, in many respects, I, I call it self-policing your locker room, which we, we can't go home with these guys at night. We can't tell them how much tape to watch. They, they have to do it on their own. They have to have the passion and the want to. And uh, those three additions, certainly, in my opinion, have, have really raised the bar for us in that respect. And those three players, Green, the fourth overall pick in 2011, Hudson a second-round pick in 2011, and J.J. Watt the 11th overall pick in 2011. So the Cardinals like what they're getting from these players. And, M.J., it's also they're good players. It's not just they're known for their leadership or their captaincy or their respect. That comes with also being a good player as well. Well, again, I I think they've upgraded uh, with the the additions based on, you know, A.J. Green, um, you know, the Cardinals have been looking for a number two wide receiver, you know, since Fitz it wasn't, hasn't been targeted. Um, so I, they've upgraded at these positions, and you'd like to see them, you know, draft well where in the future you don't have to go out and sign guys are 30-plus. But they feel like, you know, with Kyler Murray on his rookie contract, this is the time to cash in before he, uh, you know, obviously gets that uh, that big money. And to me, I don't know what the hurry would be because they would own his rights for the next two years. But this is when you got to cash in right now when Murray's on his rookie contract. And I would direct everyone to azcardinals.com. Darren Urban had a conversation with Kyle and brought that fact just uh, about as far as Kyler Murray on his rookie contract to allow the Cardinals to, quote, make some moves and be aggressive. I'm excited about the players we have added and also the people we've added, end quote. And that last part, the people, that I think speaks to what you're saying, MJ, about, yes, you need players, but you also need good people in that locker room. The self-policing in the locker room, B-Train, how true is that for someone who's been in that locker room? It's vital. In order to to be a successful team, you can't always rely on coaches and and general managers and owners to be the ones to be the fire starters. It's the guys that are in the locker room are the ones that are going to really determine the fate of that team. So you have to have somebody in that locker room or somebodies in that locker room that are able to, to lead and, and, and really galvanize the entire group of men and, and get them to head in the right direction, in the same direction, because uh, waiting on coaches, that, that's, that's just not the case. Everybody is, is, is grown at this level. You're, you're all men. You, you all, most guys have families and, and most have responsibilities. So there's no time to hand walk guys through this process. It, it is, uh, you, you have to be able to, to, to self-police. You 
have to be able to do the things that you need to do in a very quick fashion. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself behind a lot of teams that have that system in place in those locker rooms. And, and uh, you'll find yourself on, on the outside looking in in the playoffs and ultimately as far as employment is concerned. Yeah, you you look at Rodney Hudson, you look at J.J. Watt, and you look at A.J. Green, you, you look what they've done in their career. They walk in that locker room and they and they got you know credentials on the wall. And listen, nothing against Chandler Jones. Clearly, you know, I'd like to see him get extended. Obviously, that's a business decision. Uh, the cap's going up. But Buda Baker is going to have a bigger voice on defense, and I think he's going to become the face of this defense clearly in the future. Yeah, glad you brought that up. Bird Gang, if you haven't already, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. We heard from Frosty Rucker. More from the former Cardinals defensive lineman who has a connection with two of the newest additions to the Arizona Cardinals. We'll get into that next here as we join you every Tuesday as the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Dalton takes the snap, fakes a handoff, rolls right. Lots of time got to fire him. deep down got the field. Him. A.J. Green is open. He's got oh, it. Oh, baby. 40. Yeah. Running down the field to the 30. Nobody's going to catch A.J. Green as the Bengals Woo. go 82 yards. The longest catch of Adriel <laughs> Jeremiah Green's spectacular NFL career. Got to be honest, gentlemen, I did not know what the AJ in AJ Green stood for before we heard it right there on the Bengals radio network. It is AJ Green, the Cardinals number two wide receiver, the playmaker opposites a DeAndre Hopkins, and hopefully will take some pressure off of Hopkins and he won't have those. Yes, he's going to get his probably triple digits and targets, but there's not going to be that large disparity between number one and number two as there was a year ago. As we walk me back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Rio, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry talking about A.J. Green and at the age of 33 when he'll be entering his 11th season and first with the Arizona Cardinals, certainly someone the Cardinals MJ are very high on, especially if you actually have a quarterback that he can rely on and throw him the ball within his vicinity. Yeah, and he, you know, he talked about that. He had three different quarterbacks. You can see he was getting frustrated towards the end of the year, but he was a true pro. And uh, I, I just feel like he feels like, you know, I got a second part of my career. You know, he's a great stride runner, um, good on the 50-50 balls. He's not going to burn you with speed. He's, you know, he's a guy that can, you know, have that comeback route. Um, but the fact that he can line up on the opposite side and hopefully, you know, Cliff in the offense learns something by moving Hopkins around. But he should be able to take some pressure off and hopefully, you know, Kyler and him can get on the same page working out here in the offseason. I anticipate that's going to happen with a lot of guys where that wasn't taking place last year. So, um, but I don't, I don't think it's going to preclude the Cardinals from possibly taking a wide receiver at 16. Um, but again, right now you're relying on AJ Green and, and DeAndre Hopkins and hopefully somebody else will step out like Christian Kirk or Isabella. Joe Burrow, Brandon Allen, Ryan Finley, those are the three quarterbacks that were throwing footballs to A.J. Green last season. And according to general manager Steve Keim, 38 out of Green's 118 targets were, quotes, uncatchable last season. So the Cardinals certainly be trained looking for a bounce-back season to where we know that Green, once upon a time, a perennial pro bowler and second-team all-pro. He was named that three times when he was with the Cincinnati Bengals. 
And I love this idea of bringing in somebody to give a little bit of break to D-Hop and not requiring him to have to catch every single ball that, that's thrown in the air and, and give Tyler another opportunity to not only have another target, but to, to make himself look like an elite quarterback. Because the only way you can look like an elite quarterback is that you have guys that are capable of catching the football. And A.J. Green, when healthy, is as good of a pass catcher as you will find in the NFL. And, and I know D-Hop is the best, but when you start talking about other guys, there are plenty of good receivers. I A.J. has been kind of shuffled because he's had some injuries here in the recent years. But uh, there was a time where he was considered one of the best pass catchers in the entire league. So if he can capture that and, and, and be that type of receiver again, I you know that all the pieces that really allows that the quarterback to to have that monster season. And it's not like, you know, you're you're anticipating him getting ten targets a game, you know, you know, eight catches. I mean, clearly, I mean, if this team is gonna be able to run the football and they're gonna throw it, we know Hopkins is obviously gonna be the, the target, but you know, four catches, forty five yards, a touchdown, I mean uh, again, depending on how much they throw it. So it's not like you're asking him to be a number one wide receiver. He knows his role. He has a lot of respect, uh, and it's mutual between him and Hop. So it's not like you're, you're just going to rely on A.J. Green where you don't have Hopkins. So, again, I don't know how much stats he'll have, but just having him on the field, teams are going to have to defend the Cardinals' offense a little bit different. Green burst onto the scene in 2011 with over 1,000 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. That was 2011. He was a rookie, a veteran on that team, Frosty Rucker, who joined Ron Wolfley and Paul Calvisi last week on the Big Red Rage talking about what he believes A.J. Green might have still left in the tank. Well, I think A.J. Green has a lot left. I think his time was just up in Cincinnati playing on turf, practicing on turf and, you know, sub-zero temperatures in December and things like that. I think uh, it was his time to break loose of that. He's a pro Bowl player, top of the game, a guy that can really go up and get the ball, great teammate, never hear anything bad about him. Uh, the receiver group is just getting stronger. And if A.J. gets enough footballs this year, he may just be comeback player of the year. That's an interesting statement that right there from Rucker because you look, MJ, at what Green had a year ago, a career low as far as receiving yards and a career low two receiving touchdowns. Comeback player of the year, it's, you know, are there enough balls to go around to where he can get better as far as those numbers are concerned? But to Rucker's point, you have a talented player on your roster that maybe wasn't utilized as well he should have been last season. Yeah, and, you know, Zach Taylor is still kind of learning on the fly, similar to Kingsbury. I mean, Joe Burrow looks like he passed the eye test. You know, they went with a lot of mass protection. And so, really, uh, they were trying to give Burrow, you know, an opportunity to throw it, but he didn't He didn't last the whole season. So, I, I just think it's going to be a lot different. And, and the fa- I, I, I agree with Frosty, you know, probably got burnt out playing in Cincinnati and, when you don't have a winning record, and even though when Marvin Lewis was there, they were at least getting to the postseason, but they couldn't win a playoff game. So I just think it's a good fix. And the Cardinals didn't go out and spend $12 million on a wide receiver right now. It's between three and six. If he plays well and gets a couple touchdowns and X amount of catches, he'll make up to $6 million. More from Rucker on Green and that proverbial fresh start, perhaps, for the Cardinals' newest wide receiver. This is an exciting time for AJ, I'm sure. A one year, it's a prove it deal. But, you know, sometimes that's all you need. You just need a fresh start. And coming here, again, the only issue is going to be how many times he can get the ball. 
10 seasons with the Cincinnati Bengals, B-Train. How much stock do you put into it? I know a lot of people are going to point to Tom Brady after so many years in New England, a fresh start in Tampa Bay, and all of a sudden, guys, when you're out of your comfort zone, so to speak, maybe you are a little bit rejuvenated. Well, I think for him, I think he's going to be in his comfort zone being away from Cincinnati, and and I think to a lot of degree, he probably uh, felt discouraged a lot while he was there and I think this is a fresh start for him he sees a a young team on the rise and looking to to make strides in a very competitive division so I think this was one of those uh, shots in the arm for him I I think uh, it's not going to be uncomfortable for him at all because a player with that type of ability is going to succeed in whatever system that he's put in so to me he's looking at this as a great opportunity to to reintroduce himself to the rest of the NFL and and uh, let everybody know that he hasn't gone anywhere. He's had some injuries, but for the most part, he is going to be ready to rock and roll when his number's called. And in terms of the draft and how Green's presence might affect what the Cardinals do at number 16 specifically, keep in mind there's our three very solid wide receivers, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith. Do one of those players drop, if you will, to number 16 to where the Cardinals grab a wide receiver? It's certainly a need. Yes, you do have receivers already on the roster, but something to pay attention to if one of those three names are available at number 16. The other connection that Frosty Rucker has with one of these new faces of the Arizona Cardinals is Rodney Hudson. 2018, they were teammates with the then Oakland Raiders, and Rucker certainly going one-on-one with arguably the best center in the game on a consistent basis during the week and then watching him do his work on Sundays. Rucker, last week on the Big Red Rage on why he believes the Cardinals hit a home run with Rodney Hudson. I mean, he's seen it all. He's proven to be the best center in the game, and he can only drop knowledge. You know, he's not a very talkative guy. He's not, you know, an overly loud person. But, you know, he commands a respect, and that's what it is. He's, you know, a a soft-spoken giant. But who doesn't benefit from extra leadership around you? Who doesn't benefit from extra, you know, Pro Bowl experience around you? I mean, it should be a match made in heaven. And to me, B-Train, this move, this acquisition, the best move of the offseason for the Arizona Cardinals. I think it's one that was the most needed because when you start talking about the importance of keeping Kyler uh, upright and and having that pressure right in his face, you needed somebody that could uh, protect him first and foremost and and also uh, be a guy that you can rely on to to not – uh, self-destruct or, or, or make mistakes that could hurt the team ultimately. And, and he's a guy that doesn't get a lot of penalties. He doesn't have a lot of uh, of, of lost concentration uh, type of plays where you know, you're, you're offside and things of that nature. And so uh, he's a guy that's just not going to get you beat. And I think that's the most important aspect of it because uh, when you're talking about how do you make the, the quarterback a, a much better player, you have to, one, have him protected right at the, the, the point of attack. And, and I think with Hudson, this is going to be exactly what, what Kyler Murray needed. Three things come to mind. He could help with the line calls. And, and listen, a lot of quarterbacks go through their first read and then they improvise. It's not like it, when you're a young quarterback that happens. The rush, um, rush offense should be better just from the interior. And pass protection should be better. I mean, let's be honest, in this division – there's a lot of good defensive tackles, and they were getting pressure up the middle. 
And a lot of times, Collar wasn't able to step up in the pocket. Sometimes he drifts. Sometimes he can't see over the line. So I look at him helping out with the line calls because he's not going to see something he hasn't seen in the past. They should be able to run the ball more efficiently and maybe they get back to five yards of carry. And then when it comes to pass protection, they should, you know, whether they're sliding protection, uh, I think that's going to be an improvement. And in fairness to the last year, we know the sacks went down almost in half. So they can build off of that going into the season. According to Pro Football Focus, Hudson, the best pass blocking grade since 2015 among any center and the National Football League, and this is a move that gets better as days and weeks pass, MJ, because there's a report out there, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, saying the Cardinals and Rodney Hudson reworked his contract to where it's now a three-year extension. So if that is indeed true, Hudson's not signed through 2022, but 2023, an extra year for Rodney Hudson in the Cardinals uniform. Yeah, and, you know, that's a smart thing to do because you don't want to, you know, have him only for two years, and you got to try to find another guy and usually like to have a guy in the mix but you know again Lyman can play to their 35 look at Andrew Whitworth playing left tackle he's still in the league so um, there's certain positions where guys can last and he he does a really good job uh, with his durability and availability he doesn't miss a lot of games and, and that's important when you're giving out an extension like that or restructure and as far as the penalties B train you brought it up Hudson not penalized once last season that to me is amazing it is amazing, but it just shows that he is locked in. He's good at his job, and, and he just doesn't uh, – he's not unprepared when he's on the field, and he's a guy that you can just count on. You know that he's going to go out there and he's going to do his job, and, and there's nothing that, that's more satisfying than to know that you can count on that guy to do his job and not put you in a position where you can get beat. And uh, th- that availability and reliability, those are two of the best abilities that you could talk about uh, as far as the football player is concerned. We always talk about the tackle position left or right, but here, MJ, you've got the center position that has become, at least for the Arizona Cardinals, hugely important. Yeah, I mean, you start looking at that third and two and fourth and one. I mean, usually you, you want to have your quarterback under center. You can still run it out of the pistol. Um, but now all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at, you know, make, making that dive between the center and the guard. And that's something that they have to improve on, whether Murray's under center or not. And I think he'll provide that. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Reports. When we come back, right in the wheelhouse of one Bertram Berry, talking about edge rushers, guys who get after the quarterback. That's what's straight ahead. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. J.J. Watt has just tweeted that he has signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Whoa! J.J. Watt signing with the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. So this is it. This is it. Okay. Let's go. I love the fit. A massive deal for really one of the more up-and-coming teams in the NFL. J.J. Watt coming to the NFC West. It just gets better and better and better. That division is stacked. My gosh. That's an outstanding sign. From the Cardinals' point of view, this piece is the difference. Excited for Arizona Cardinals fans. Look at Steve Kahn. Got his arrest. Pushing buttons, making calls. Let's go, J.J. Watt! 
What? 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 He's big guy. Save Houston. Had nosebleed. Tackles people. He does this little dance. The signing, or at that time, J.J. Watts announcing that he was going to join the Arizona Cardinals and agree to terms and ultimately did sign, sending shockwaves throughout the entire National Football League. And you look at what this move specifically now means for the Arizona Cardinals as we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Barry. I direct this question to you, B-Train. J.J. Watts, since 2012, 95 and a half sacks, second only to now his teammate, Chandler Jones, with 99. I'm very happy with it. I, I, I can't tell you how excited I am to see him in a Cardinals uniform and, and to be paired with Chandler Jones. I really believe that this team now becomes a different-looking defense when you have that front as, like, as dynamic and versatile as they are now. I, I think for Vance Joseph and company, this is going to be – a, a gift that they haven't had before, and, and I think you'll start to see the the, the ideas that, that Vance Joseph has in, has in his mind really start to manifest themselves on the field where you're going to have different packages for different players, and you're not quite sure where pass rushers are going to be coming from. You think about the versatility at, at, at different positions on the defensive front and in the linebacker core. You, you just don't know. You're not going to be able to, to lock in and, and pin this defense down by any stretch. So this is a, this is uh, one of those exciting moments that I think uh, Cardinal fans are really going to enjoy from a defensive perspective because you're going to see a lot of different things that maybe you haven't seen before. Well, you're not the only one excited, B-Train. Frosty Rucker, last week, Big Red Rage talked about Watts and, well, more specifically on the fact that Chandler Jones, a healthy Chandler Jones, what he might be able to bring the Cardinals in 2021. I mean, 55 Superman, that's one of the things that uh, I've been really happy to see how he continued to blossom year in, year out. And it was very unfortunate to him getting an injury last year because uh, I know what he means to that whole organization, the type of player he is, uh, dependable, just a special guy, uh, game changer. He's, uh, you know, definitely a 99 on Madden. So uh, getting him back in the fold, challenge is going to do great things. And uh, I'm really looking forward to watching this defense just explode. Jones started the games or the season's first five games and suffered that biceps injury at the New York Jets. The Cardinals still, MJ, were able to develop a pass rush, but it would certainly benefit Vance Joseph if you just had one guy, Chandler Jones on one side, J.J. Watt on the other side, throw in a Marcus Golden. But Chandler Jones, we haven't talked much about him and his return being healthy in 2021. Yeah, I mean, he's beloved in the locker room. You love the smile, you know, the, the relationships he has with the T's teammates. And, you know, him and Buda Baker have become close since Buda has been drafted. Yeah. I mean, they definitely missed him. Just, you know, teams game planning, but you got to give Vance a lot of credit with that jet package where they're able to create pass rush. You know, by bringing more bodies, and the Cardinals were one of the most blitz teams last year. But just having him on the field, you know, teams are going to have to defend a little bit different. You know, you can let J.J. Watt, he can play in three, five, seven, nine technique, and then you can have Golden and Jones coming off the outside. Buda Baker possibly in the box. So um, I'm sure Vance is looking at his chops just to unleash these guys, but he's going to have to wait until uh, training camp. Yeah, the way to dial it up, if you will, with J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. B-Train, I want to get your thoughts, but first let's hear the thoughts of Frosty Rucker on what now Vance Joseph has with the Watt-Jones combination. 
it's going to be a battle. How do you block those guys one-on-one, especially if they line up on the same side? You have those two guys on one side. You know, that frees up Marcus Golden on the other side. But, again, we're talking about J.J. J.J. brings such a dynamic of just brute power, strength, quickness, uh, everything you want out of a, a lineman, and you can line him up anywhere. And it, it's going to be the ultimate mismatch. You can't double-team everyone, B-Train, so if you do double a Chandler Jones, then that would ultimately perhaps free up a J.J. Watt or Marcus Golden, and then, of course, vice versa. So it is kind of a pick-your-poison, if you will. It is pick-your-poison, and also we'll see what all these guys still have left in the tank. And I know that the, the, the idea is that they are going to be better together than they are as individuals, but you, you really want to make sure – that all of these guys still bring that that individual talent to the table. And and once you put those collective talents together, then you have something truly special. But I I think the one-on-ones is going to work well for for all of these individuals because these are all individuals that have proven that they can win one-on-one matchups. And now when you have to slide protection to to one side or the other and and you give one one of those – that dynamic defensive lineman, a uh, one-on-one where he has a lot of space to maneuver as well, then that could really be problems for opposing offenses. So I'm excited to see how this all plays out. I just want to make sure that, that all three of these guys are, are, are still able to, to be dominant uh, at times when, when their number's called and, and they're needed to be. You know, we focus a lot on, on Buda Baker, and rightfully so, just base him being an all-pro and just, you know, a guy that attacks the ball. But, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Isaiah Simmons this year. I mean, I, we, we don't talk about it enough, and he got a, a small sample last year, but he should not come off the field. I mean, he should be a three-down uh, backer. Um, you know, I thought Campbell and, and Simmons and Buda did a better job covering the tight end. Um, you know, Jordan Hicks, kind of your mainstay at, inside linebacker, but – I'm anticipating Isaiah to, to fly around the field this year. Well, another guy that could get after the quarterback. We saw that a handful of times last season. Yeah, and, and, and again, he's got the skill set. It was just him getting comfortable and learning, you know, one position. They kind of slow played him at weak side. But I think he's a guy that can cover tight ends down the field. I think he can come off the edge. Um, but I, I just I just think, you know, he needs a couple preseason games like a lot of these guys. He needs an off season where he doesn't have to think about things, and once they get to week one, he'll be able to play and, and react uh, compared to how he started the season last year. Cardinals defensively have a number of different players at all three levels to rush the quarterback, and it's something that opposing teams within the division and, of course, elsewhere around the league are going to have to pay attention to. One such team, the San Francisco 49ers, George Kittle, answering some questions, 10 questions, with Kyle Brantz, talked about what this Cardinals defense with a J.J. Watt and a Chandler Jones might mean, not only for the 49ers, but everyone else. J.J. Watt, new to the NFC West. How are you going to block that guy this year? You may have to block that guy. I got block. <laughs> There's techniques. Welcome to the NFC. <laughs> is this is this now real football coming over from the AFC? Like, is that the way it works? I mean, this is going to get plastered, but they, like the NFC West is the toughest division in my opinion. The Cardinals, they look pretty good on offense. You can't lie there. And then you got JJ. I mean, Chandler Jones. I still think is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. That dude's an absolute monster. You guys try to block him. He has go-go gadget extender arms. That's really annoying. I love it. Really annoying. But I want to go back to the first words that Kittle had to say on the 10 questions with Kyle Brandt podcast B-Train, and that is cut block. I'm guessing that uh, brings back some memories. 
uh, not so pleasant memories for myself. Uh, having people at my knees and at my legs, that was never uh, my favorite. And, and I always wanted to let those guys know uh, just by matching their face in the ground how much I appreciated them being around my, my legs. And so I understand it's, it's the ultimate sign of respect because they don't think that they can block you straight up. So they want to go, you know, you want they want to go low and, and we try to stay high, you know, in the words of Michelle Obama. So, uh, you know, I, I just look at it and, and I say – uh, it is going to be a problem, and, and, and the teams around the NFC West understand what the Cardinals are doing, and, and they know that they're going to have to bring their lunch pails on Sunday in order to, to compete with this team because they've gotten exponentially better with, with the signings that they've made thus far in the offseason. J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, Marcus Golden, and don't forget about Devon Kennard as well, someone who's probably more in this area, MJ, maybe used as a drop-back linebacker to get more coverage, but certainly someone that, and as we saw last year, can get after the quarterback. I thought early in the season, you know, um, I thought he did a nice job setting the edge, and, and then he got COVID, and then, you know, basically they made the trade after Chandler Jones went down and got Marcus Golden, so... Yeah, I mean, again, you can have an, never have enough depth. Great locker room guy, great in the community. So, you know, we know that, you know, besides starting, you just want to be in the rotation and obviously more opportunities. But also, you know, you got to play on special teams too. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I do like the depth, that outside linebacker. Still got a little ways to go before we see all of it on the football field. When we come back... Well, yes, it is April, which means it is time to talk NFL draft. And there's been a lot of movement when we talk about the first round. That's straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Two receivers to the left, one to the right. Darnold, rush coming. Darnold avoids it, steps up. Darnold looking to run again. Oh, what a fake at the 45. He's to the 40, 30, 25, 20. Sam Darnold could go. He's in for the touchdown. A brilliant run. Major highlight for Sam Darnold. He was dead to rights, and he turns it into six. Cardinals missed seeing Sam Darnold last year when the Cardinals visited the New York Jets. They will, as we speak here on April 6th, see Sam Darnold coming up in 2021. It will be in a different colored uniform, however. News earlier this week that Darnold traded by the Jets to the Carolina Panthers for a sixth-round pick this year and in a second- and fourth-round pick in 2022. And, yes, the Cardinals do have the Carolina Panthers on the schedule. In fact, the Panthers will visit State Farm Stadium coming up this season. So a lot of quarterback movements, and I think it's to be expected, MJ, because Apologies, B-Train, but yes, MJ, it is a quarterback-driven league. Yeah, what's interesting is they went out and spent $63 million on Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, he only threw 15 touchdowns last year. He played well against the Cardinals. I guess that was a game that they didn't really show up in. And it looks like Carolina went after Matthew Stafford. They they flirted with hopefully they would start some trade talks about Deshaun Watson. I think everything's on hold there now. And at this point, you know, they probably felt where they're sitting at eighth in the draft, they're not going to get the top quarterback. So, you know, I think, you know, you look at Joe Brady, let Matt rule. Um, you know, I think that at this point in time, they got to find out what they have. But the fact that they gave Teddy Bridgewater $63 million last year, and now he's on the trade block. 
Yeah, it is amazing, B-Train, what teams have done as far as quarterbacks are concerned, whether it's Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff. We now assume that as far as 1-2 in the NFL draft, it is going to be Trevor Lawrence and then Zach Wilson going to the Jets, who have the number two overall pick. And then, of course, the 49ers with their trade moving up from 12 to number three, likely to go quarterback as well. You're going to see quarterbacks Numbers one, two, and three in the NFL draft, B train. You all right with that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand. You know, you want to have quarterbacks, blah, blah, blah. But you better have somebody that can go and defend those quarterbacks. And I really believe that you start talking about defensive backs and defensive linemen, they are still at a premium. And, and I understand this draft is going to be offense heavy with quarterbacks and wide receivers. But when it's all said and done, as we saw – in the most recent Super Bowl, that defense still wins championships. So, yes, you can go and get those guys high and you can draft them and everything looks good and they can have the suits on and look pretty and all that kind of good stuff. But if your team isn't built around a defensive line, you still are going to have major holes to fill and you'll still find yourself on the outside of the playoffs looking in. And so I, I, I get it. You need to start with that, that guy and, and, and that's important for sure. But – I'm just a big believer in that you got to get that other side squared away to really make sure that you have championship aspirations. I mean, you look at the Niners gate up from go to 12 to 3. I mean, it's a pretty good deal for for the Panthers and and we clearly Joe Douglas just addressed the media and he said, "Yeah, it's a good assumption that we're going to take a quarterback with the second overall pick." Well, you look at those top selections and B-Train, it could be a while before we see a defensive player come off the board. The Falcons, do they go quarterback or playmaker? The Bengals, do they go offensive lineman or playmaker? The Dolphins can go a number of different directions. We're not I, I, I under, completely understand what you're saying, and I know we saw it in the postseason that it's all about the defense at the end of the day, but based off all of these mock drafts that are going around, and there are a handful that I do follow, it certainly has become more let's get that offensive piece in the draft, whether that's quarterback, wide receiver, or offensive lineman. Well, I, I hope it does go that way because that means the good defensive players are still going to be around when we're able to draft. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at it and say, hey, Go ahead. Take all the offensive players you want. We have specific needs on defense that we need to address, and if those guys are are in our range, then I think they're in play for us. So I I have no problem with those teams ahead of us in the draft uh, going along with with what's hot and and, and making the bold picks, but I just believe that if you're really trying to win championships, you have to have a well-rounded roster, And, and I think for the Cardinals now, we can address the needs on the other side of the ball particularly in the secondary. And and I've already made my feelings known who I would love to see the Cardinals pick up. I don't know if he's going to be around when we have the option, but, you know, this would be a time to be aggressive, if you will, if you're Steve Kime. I don't don't know what their plans are, but – I would just say, you know, I'm I'm certain that uh, you know there's there's guys out there that can help us out. So uh, I I I love the idea of all of these offensive quarterbacks and wide receivers and offensive linemen going high in the draft because that just means that there's more good defensive players for us. And if it's not certain. There's also J.C. Horn, Caleb Farley when you're looking at that cornerback position. Yeah, Newsom's out there. I mean, I you know you're going to see a run on corners though. Once once we get past the maybe the top ten, maybe Denver, their secondary looks like they're set. Um, but you're going to see some run on corners, and then it's a matter of do you like the second or third corner. 
Um, but I do think trading down a few spots and trying to pick up an extra three, that would go a long way. Well, Daniel Jones has come out with his latest mock Jeremiah. draft. Excuse me. Daniel Jeremiah has come out with his uh, latest mock draft. And after he had gone with a cornerback as far as um, most guys have gone with that cornerback position. But, in fact, he's got the Cardinals going with Jalen Waddell, a wide receiver, dropping all the way to 16. So there's another offensive player, MJ. Yeah, and again, we talked about A.J. Green, and I think I think uh, Chase is the best wide receiver in this draft, and I would put Waddle right next to him. It is hard to, to, to go wrong, though, if it's not Patrick Sertain, uh, B-Train, that cornerback position. If you can get younger, because we know the Cardinals haven't looked at that position to go younger outside of a Byron Murphy, but to go younger at that cornerback position I think would certainly help, and I think that's where a lot of people are looking at. You definitely have to look at youth, and, and when you start talking about young, fresh legs, those are the guys that you can really line up and, and, and put them in position to, to cover one-on-one throughout the duration of the game. And, and I know veteran leadership is always going to be key, and we talked about that at the beginning of the show. You have to have those players that can lead by example, but you do have to have that talent, that, that young, fresh talent that can go out there and play however long you need them to play in order to be successful. Well, there is still plenty of time to discuss, look at mock drafts, and figure out what the Cardinals do, not only with pick number one, 16th overall, but looking at all of their six draft picks in 2021. We'll do it right here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and we'll do it again in one week's time. Special thanks to those behind the scenes making it work. Senior broadcast manager and producer Jim Omohundro, technical director Cody Fincher. For Mike Jarecki, Bertram Berry, I'm Craig Riolu. The Cardinals Red Sea Report, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. year-round. We talk Arizona Cardinals football, now in the month of April, heavy on the NFL Draft. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone, Kirk, he got it! He's in! Touchdown! Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score! Touchdown! Oh, baby! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.